Hello and welcome to French Football Weekly Podcast. My name is Chris, I'm your host and I can confirm we are the podcast that if a leader was named, there would be no controversy about it at all. I promise. <laughs> um, I am your host, of course, and I'm joined by Phil and Jess, as usual. Good evening to you both. Good evening. Hello. More on Captain C's leadership, etc. and all. We shall come on to that shortly. Uh, but we've got a couple of things we want to cover on this week's podcast. And first and foremost, I say apologies. We are a little bit later than planned this week, but uh, schedules being what they are, and we wanted to incorporate the France talk into it. So here we are joining you on a Wednesday. So thanks for being with us. We'll go into the weekend's league action first of all then, although it does seem like an eternity ago. But uh, unfortunately, I was kind of joking with you off air about this one, Jez. Um, PSG have decided that they, uh, they just want to work their way into our running order no matter what we do, uh, for good or bad, every week. So... I, I just, wondered what I'd missed by turning up late. Yeah, yeah, okay. fun, fun times, fun times. Um, there's a couple of things I want to drill into this on. Um, naturally, we do have to talk about the result, uh, that being a 2-0 win for Rennes uh, at the Parc de France on Sunday. Um, very well deserved, I think it's fair to say as well. I'm going to ask you firstly, Jez, because... We did kind of joke before recording that we are going over the same old ground and we don't want to do that every week. So you're a fan of Galtier. I'm I'm a fan of Galtier. What do you make of the criticism that he's had in light of not just this result, but recent results? Obviously, it's all come to light again because of uh, the talk of like Juan Bernat, for example, a left-sided wing-back at centre-back and both the goals came from his side of the pitch. The rest of the sort of the comments he's made in the press this week about you know play or adapting young players into a squad sometimes doesn't work or I forget the exact words he used but he sort of referred to it not being a good blend of experience and youth sometimes. What what do you make of where he is and also what where do you sit on this argument that he's a very good coach to a certain level but this level is too far a step up? Where where do you stand on that? I don't, I feel like I'm sort of we and I repeating ourselves as often as PSG do each year. Um, I, it's, it's almost irrelevant. What I, well, of course it's irrelevant what I think of him. Um, it's almost irrelevant what kind of coach he is, how good or not good he is. Um, because the coach is the least person, least important person in in the Condé Loge, in the whole, you know, in the whole club setup, mm. uh, everything is geared towards the coach being an afterthought. The, you know, as we said so many times before, Alkalife controls everything at the top. Um, whoever happens to be in place as a as the sort of recruiter or sporting director or whatever you want to call them, they're the ones that have a say in in transfer policy. Messi, Neymar, Mbappe called all the shots in terms of playing and the coach is there literally just to get the blame when things go wrong. Um, and Gautier, despite his excellent league and pedigree was always going to be even more so than his predecessors, the full guy, because he's not that sort of stellar international name. Um, and so you can question some of his decisions, but you can question decisions of, of all of his predecessors. You can question him playing Bernard as a centre-back. Um, 
But look, look at the injuries they've got. He's, you know, he's playing alongside a midfielder and a 17-year-old. If there's not that much choice available in terms of established centre-backs, that's partly because of the club's poor transfer policy and partly because of injuries, to be fair, as well. Um, you know, he keeps saying that, the, I can't remember the, the quote, whatever it is, the definition of stupidity is doing the same thing again and again and expecting a different result. That's basically... Einstein. Yeah, that's basically been PSG's modus operandi for the last 10 years. At least he's tried something different. And by the way, I mean, certainly the first goal, I thought was Pereira's fault as much as Bernat's. Mm, Um, So uh, it's very easy to blame him. But remember, you've got like a seven or eight now, is it? Time Ballon d'Or, who's supposedly, apparently the greatest player of all time on the pitch. Why doesn't he step up and actually control things a little bit, both in terms of actual play and kind of you know, rallying the troops around. You've got Mbappe who, you know, he's entitled to have an off day um, because, you know, he must be shattered from carrying the whole team on his shoulders for the last four or five years. Why have you got a £220 million signing that's been allowed to do what he wants for so many years, including sort of off-field activities that he's barely ever fit? Um why have you got two or three very average midfielders still? Why have you got someone who arguably, you know, didn't even make the grade on loan to Bordeaux as your best alternative right back or right wing back when when your number one is out injured? Why have you got a goalkeeper who's got as many rickets as, as great saves in him when you had one of the greatest goalkeepers of the last 10 years um, in your squad beforehand? There's there's so many question marks there, and yes, you can uh, you can question some of Gautier's decisions. You can question a lot of his tactics. You can question some of the weird things he says after the match. I mean, at least you know he should be sort of standing up for himself and saying, at least I'm giving some of these youths a chance. That's what the fans have wanted for years. They're not doing any worse a job than anyone else. And, you know, maybe in one or two years, you you know the club will bear the fruits of, of, of the seeds that I've planted. I, I don't know what I'm talking about there. but No, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I feel like, you know, very much like certainly Pochettino, certainly Emery, Tuchel less so because I think he's got a bigger ego. But I think Gautier has reached the point where he, he feels completely beaten up by the whole circus, the media as well. You know, I love Julien Laurence. I think he's fantastic. But, you know, he's now he's constantly slagging off Gautier and rarely questioning everything around him and saying, you know, surely this is this comes to something so much deeper than 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 Gautier. Mm. Um, so, yeah, look, he's not the greatest coach in the world because um, that's De Zerbi. And he's... <laughs> he, um, and actually, I shouldn't. I shouldn't say that. that's going to come back to bite me in the summer, isn't it? Um, <laughs> when he wanders off to PSG, yeah, exactly. Um, but he's also, as I said, he's proved himself more than his predecessors in Liga. He hasn't got any less far than a lot of his predecessors in the Champions League. Certainly, as we said, five of the last seven or eight years, they haven't got past this, this same round. And everyone thought, you know, the semi-final, I think, was impressive. The final, less so. I think everything was geared towards them winning it that year. And they still only scraped past Atalanta and um, 
you know, got beaten against a better team in the final. Um, so, I, you know, I don't think he's actually doing any worse than any of his predecessors. Um, he's just, I think, easier to beat up on. Mm. And um, an interesting stat that made me smile slightly after our conversation last week, uh, Anna Kalamuendo, the 50th player to leave PSG and then come back to score against them. Uh, that's quite the list. We we should give uh, Ren some props, though, Phil. Oh, because, definitely. I mean, and Genesio's partic- having a lovely time. <laughs> particularly, I think Steph Mondanda had a oh, yes. great the goal. I think it was seven saves to... Mm. Um, keep things uh keep things um going their way and they just look really organized and they are a bit of a bogey team for PSG mm. so I think this was not not a, a grand shock you might say but the the fact that it was pretty convincing um, was probably updated. If you look at the stats, PSG were trying 16 shots to 10, 7 on target to 3, 60% possession. They just couldn't break down uh, a very organised Ren side who took their chances when they got them. Mm. You know, three shots on target, two goals is... It is uh, an impressive um, kind of conversion rate. So I think this was something that maybe we'd been expecting to happen. Mm. Um, but as you say, we do need to give Ren some love because they made it happen. They made it happen. Yeah. Um, and that was um, uh, very impressive and the fact that Steph Mondanda is still doing it at the highest level yeah. is, Incredible. you know, uh, that's impressive. He's still a great looks... player who I think we there may have been some criticism at some point, whatever, but Marseille love him, Ren love him, and I think France also. He's just been a, had a really impressive career without kind of, being flash at any yeah. point, and that's uh, just a really impressive um, kind of run for him to have. He even survived a year at Crystal Palace, bless him. So, uh, yeah, I'd and... forgotten where that yeah. gap year was. I think he tried to forget about it, to be fair, it didn't really work yeah. out for him. But, and, and this is a Renzo, of course, that came off the back of a defeat at Marseille in a draw against us there last week. So, uh, Good on them and, and fair play to um to Genesio who, who is doing an excellent job. That did open the door slightly. Uh I don't know, open the door, push the door ajar, I suppose. But Marseille took advantage of that, Phil, on Sunday night with a couple of crackers from Alexis Sanchez, the free kick in particular. And yep. um sadly, the Will's still unbeaten run after 17 comes to an end. Uh, although it probably shouldn't have, because I think Balogun had a really good chance in the last minute to equalise. But Marseille now seven points behind. I th- I'm still not prepared to say there's a title race on, but it does just maybe open the door ajar, maybe, does it? Or am I just being fanciful here? Well, I don't think there's a chance of a challenge for the title, but it's certainly 
is a very interesting situation for the European places, particularly mm. the Champions League places. And Marseille are doing really well. Uh, but um, Lequeep, uh, I think after that match, said, you see, Sanchez is really important. And yes, this is something they've been missing for some time. I mean, Payet, great, whatever, but there's something a little bit shithouse about Sanchez, which mm. I think uh, both the fans appreciate, uh, but it's also really helping in their kind of uh, campaign to mm. be the Dauphin to come second. And yes, I mean, Rouse have been great. It was always going to come to an end at some point. I think Will Stills. Um, kind of snitty um, uh, communicates this week that he hasn't just been playing computer games. He <laughs> is actually good at this shit, is very valid. Mm. Um, just on one thing, if he is going to get his uh, badges, his coaching badges at some point, that takes time mm -hmm. yep. out of the game. He is a bit busy at the moment. He is. They do so find a way. Not like he can just take a couple of weeks off and go do this thing. I'm sure it will happen in the summer or at some point. But fast track, yeah, yeah. You know, he has to he has to focus on his actual job, mm -hmm. and they are up there and they're ninth at the minute. But you know, you'll still see them really pushing. I think. Um, along with several of the teams to get to uh, the European places. And that's mm. all going to be a really, really interesting set of uh, fixtures. I think pretty much the top 10 are could all have a chance of getting Europe. But then you've got a five-point gap down to Montpellier, so not, not kind of banking on that. But... It could be a lot of teams that get up there. I mean, the top six, again, there's uh, a five-point gap from Lille down to Nice. Nice, obviously, uh, with their um, uh, qualification against Tiraspol in the second leg, 3-1. They want home. The board, Mafia and Brahimi scoring. They've got a quarterfinal against Basel. Mm -hmm. Good draw. Conference thingy, what's it? Um, but they also they could still push up. It's not that big a gap, so mm. I think it's it's all really exciting up there. But no, we don't have a title race. Either. No, I'm inclined. I'm inclined to agree. Sadly, as much as I'd like one, and if if you are UK based or you have the means to access UK podcasts or whatnot, um. If you visit the BBC site, they've got a very, very good interview with Will Stills around about half an hour long. I think it's on Monday on the, the football social there. So it's worth having a listen. Um, and their next five fixtures, Nantes away, uh, home to Brest, away at Rennes, home to Strasbourg, away at Claremont. A couple of those are fairly favourable. So I wouldn't rule out Raz for a late push yeah. up the table. Um, I want to give Lance some love, Jez, and, and also just highlight a story that I'm sure a few people have been across by now, but it, it's worth highlighting. Their uh, interesting choice of shirts, uh, or indeed the the layout of their shirts for their 3-0 win over Angers, 
poor old Angers. Uh, every week, Tom, we think of you uh, in these difficult times. Um, I said it before, kicking a blind man's stick away, but Lons are very just quietly impressing again, aren't they? Unbeaten in the last four, three wins, unbeaten in the last five, sorry, three wins out of those as well. They're pushing Marseille just two points behind and they've opened that three-point gap to Monaco in, in fourth. Impressed with them, Jez? And, uh, and what did you make of that gesture from the, the shirts? And if people haven't seen it, what, what was it they did? Yeah, the last couple of matches, they, they've looked back to close to their best. I mean, they, they've not had a good run at all since, well, basically this this calendar year. I mean, not many defeats, but too many draws and, and those defeats were a little bit disappointing. And they looked, they really looked until the World Cup, like the best place team to to kind of really challenge PSG. So it's been a bit of a disappointment. And I guess that's always the problem, that it's always the teams behind that just find none of them can find that level of consistency over a long enough period to really challenge. But I think, you know, we've said a lot of times before that when they're at their best, Lens are probably the the most fun team to watch in Mm -hmm. Liga. Mm-hmm. And you know certainly the form that Oponto has been in the last team. I think that's five goals in the last two matches, yeah. Um, which helps. I like that the first two goals are almost exact replicas, like really nice ones, <laughs> into sort of the inside channel breaking the offside trap. And, you know, maybe it's easier against Angers than other teams, but still nicely done. Um, yeah, and then the, the shirts again is a nice touch, which, as you know, it's very difficult for me to to say too much nice about loss but basically to kind of highlight um you know their their sort of anti-discrimination anti-racism line they they the players all turned out in normal shirts normal numbers but they had they mixed up the the player names so for example Fofana was wearing Leka's shirt um on Ponda I think was wearing Fulgini's shirt that that kind of thing just to highlight you know Everyone's the same. We're all not interchangeable, but you know, there aren't any big differences between us. That kind of thing. So I thought that was, that was a really nice touch. Mm-hmm. Um, my only real disappointment was just how much fun it would have been trying to hear Jonathan commentate on that. <laughs> I saw your tweet on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did see your tweet on that. And and I I I must have I messaged Angus and I was like, if you were commentating, how would you deal with this situation? Um, and he, he, I don't think he even meant to sort of say what he said, but it made me think of, uh, it made me think of Jonathan actually when he said, um, any commentator worth his salt will know which player's which without the need of the shirt. So uh, I thought it was a nice response, but yeah, uh, definitely, um, definitely a, a nice gesture that. And uh, I think, I think in the in the era we live in, anything positive should be, should be highlighted. Just very, um, just very quickly on on the European race as a whole, uh, Jez, I'll stick with you on this one. We we did cover it in great depth uh, in, in the last week's sort of couple of shows. But are you with Phil? Are you, are you going as low as kind of Leon in tenth in terms of who could still fill these sp- spots, or are you kind of where I am, which is kind of Leal upwards? Kind of keep saying that Leon are possible because they're Lyon but mm. it's just never happening at some point we're expecting them to go on a run and they just don't <laughs> so uh, I can't really I'd be very surprised if if they you know, make any kind of run or find that consistency to go up there I think um, 
Lorient has maybe just have that a little bit too much to do. I guess it depends how how Reims sort of bounce back from from that that first defeat in so long. Um, nice as well, they they um, not the wheels have come off, but that's four draws in a row for them as well. So you know, also unbeaten in a long time, but also maybe not converting enough of them into into wins. So yeah, yeah I, I tend to think it could be just from the top six that five point gap at this stage of the season seems quite big but I certainly think Nice have got the ability to sort of go on a on a long run it's just they need to make them wins mm. it feels yeah, like they're, and, they're and, very reliant on the board's goals at the moment and they do have another thing in mind True. Uh, wondering the distraction. Uh, C4. So I didn't think that you know, all of the top 10 can make it, obviously. But I do feel like one of them could push up. Mm. And I might be being a bit too romantic to think it might be Raz uh, with Nice having other things on their mind. But, you know, I think there's still some gas in this explosion. Mm. Uh, mm. So we'll we'll have to wait and see what happens. Because obviously... With one of the places going to the defense winner, mm. there is, you know, a bit of a a bit of a gap there. If, um, you know, the but then the, the I just checked who's actually in the semi-finals, and maybe not because it's uh, non-Leon Annecy to lose. So whoever takes that will probably take that. So. Well, yeah, yeah, it's definitely, definitely an interesting race for sure. And uh, speaking of Leon, should give a nod to Alex Lacazette, who uh, passed Bernard Lecomte as um, the second all-time top score, top goal scorer for Leon, uh, with his 150th for the club in that draw with Nantes on Friday. So uh, still got quite a way to go to become the overall top score. I think it's 220 odd um, that you'd have to get to. So I, I think that might be pushing it for a goes in his early 30s now but um well done to lacquer still love you uh right let's have a just a quick chat about um just down at the bottom then before we move on to all things france orientated um the one result i wanted to pull out of this group jazz was the strasbourg win because basically everybody else down there kind of either drew or lost but that win for strasbourg at the weekend a 2-0 victory over osea um, that just lifts them, well, it lifts them to three points, sorry, clear of 17th, uh, where the team they beat now lie. Um, I felt like that was quite a big win for them. I know it's at home, but just it cuts the gap between them and Nantes with their draw that we just mentioned, only four points now. It just puts them sort of on that, dare I say, precipice of building some form unbeaten in the last two now. Any any sort of thoughts towards, uh, you know, are Strasbourg going to pull themselves out of this? And, and could you even see a, a Nantes or a Clermont getting dragged in at this point with that win for them? Uh, Clermont's still eight points clear of them, so they need, you know... Can, can anybody, sorry, but can anybody remember seeing Clermont play this season? Twice. <laughs> that, I, that is all, but yeah. I mean, I... They're there. They're just there. I cannot remember anything about them. And I know that's a terrible thing to say. And they were at Montpellier at the weekend. But genuinely, 
it will be so easy to forget them. They've just been quietly going about their business, I suppose. Yeah. Well, I think they had an excellent start to the season. Mm-hmm. They, they haven't got the, I don't remember them being really slaughtered, maybe like no. once or twice, but I think generally they, they give everyone a, a decent game. Mm-hmm. Um, she wasn't there a couple of matches against Monaco and Lyon where if they didn't win, they certainly made great games, for example. Um, I think, you know, I think they've certainly done enough to, to more than warrant surviving. Um, and I think, yeah, the eight point gap between them and Strasbourg, I'm pretty sure they're fine. I think it just, it looks like the, the bottom three, probably certainly the bottom two, I think. I know it sounds weird because Ajaxio and Troyes are on the same amount of points, but it feels like Troyes have got a decent amount of fight in them. I'm not sure Ajaxio ironically do anymore. Um, But it looks like it could be those three. And then I still think it's probably between Strasbourg, Brest and Auxerre. And they all all sort of show positive stuff in, in... in parts, you know, Ozer been on a very good unbeaten run, and so that 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 made Strasbourg's win all the more impressive. And then I guess you know, without looking at the fixtures that they've got left, we keep saying that they sort of need to win that little mini league between them. And so, yeah, those wins, like like Strasbourg's this weekend, is is massive. It's you know, it's not just getting points for yourself; it's taking points away from from yeah, potential it's... opponents and mm. it's it's not the first time they've been helped by a fantastic long-range goal from a defender either so no. it's very um, true. you know Diallo at the moment seems to be on, on really good goal scoring form for them which is important but it's also important that the rest of the team weighs in with, with a few goals like that yeah agreed I, I wonder how much that result in Marseille is just kicked them on a touch. That's that's why I'm wondering because it was just they were basically dead and buried in that game and then to pull that out the fire two weeks ago to then go on and win this game. I wonder if that might just spur them on momentum wise. Um as you rightly said though, it, it's a question of goal scorers is a big thing down there. And Diao is definitely one of those who's finding former at a good time. Um incidentally next three fixtures for Strasbourg when we come back, uh, Monaco away Lons away, home to Ajaxio. So um, in, t- in two weeks' time, after those pretty tough fixtures, I wonder if we'll be saying the same thing when they host another relegation rival in that uh, Ajaxio game. Time will tell. Um, also down there at the bottom, as I mentioned, a lot of the teams did lose. We mentioned the Omjer loss. Um, Ajaxio lost to Monaco. And two sides that really needed a win from each other, Brest and Troyes, ended up drawing two all. So that kind of left a bit of a status quo in uh, in the bottom end of things there. So that's where we were from the weekend. Um, before we transition into all things France, uh, Phil, I'm going to bring you in for a little bit of an update on all things Women's Champions League at this point. Not so much an update because um, the, the uh, quarterfinals are happening now, as we record, um, so yesterday, Tuesday, we had Bayern beat Arsenal 1 0, uh, Barca beat Roma 1 0 in Rome. Very sus, our result, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and um, today, Wednesday, we've got the French teams up. So Lyon are hosting Chelsea and PSG hosting Wolfsburg. So we really are at the, the big guns end of the table. And what's pisses me off, frankly, is yesterday 
I couldn't find the games on TV. Now, own Football are on YouTube. It's uh, free to watch, so you can watch the, the fixtures there. Thank you, Zone Football. But I thought that was a bit of a blip and that, you know, French TV would have the Lyon and PSG games. No, no, they don't. You have you have to watch your news. Nobody's picked up these fixtures. And this is ludicrous. We've got the World Cup happening in three months. This is the Champions League quarterfinals. And nobody can be asked to pay for the rights. It's just embarrassing, frankly. Mm-hmm. And this is, I mean, I presume in the next round it will be better, but this, it should be better now. It mm. should be better. These are the two biggest teams in France, the top two in Divac. They're in the Coupe de France final, which will be happening on the 13th of May. Why Why can we not watch? Why? Mm. It makes no sense. And then you get, you know, your keyboard warriors on Twitter going, oh, nobody wants to watch women's football. We would if we could... It's nice to have the option, isn't it? I just, it's a real, I think this has been a real fuck up organization speaking. And I just hope that things are managed better from here on. So we'll have to see. So, yeah, as I say, Bayern beat Arsenal last night, Barca beat Roma. But none of these were stupid scores. It wasn't silly nil or anything like that. We're talking about real quality teams with, and I expect OL and PSG both to win, given they're both at home. But again, I'd say only, you know, a one goal um, margin would probably be it. This is you know, nail-biting stuff, and we should be able to watch it. I mean, I don't know what your guys' situation is like back in the UK, but... It's not the best. <laughs> it, it feels like yeah, you've got to be on YouTube. You know what, my like That's... And everyone goes, well, that's fair enough. Yeah, my parents would love to watch these matches. They're not going to start trying to cast YouTube to their ancient television. I mean, it's just... It's not... It's I, not fun. It's I don't even do that for Arsenal games. Like, I can't stand streams. <laughs> One thing that bugs me, actually, with a lot of these companies as well, is that, and this is more of a league R thing, I'm sure Jez will agree with me on this, if you tune into to the BT coverage, okay, yeah, BT have got the rights, and I'm thankful for that, um, thankful in inverted commas. We don't get any build-up to games. We don't get any analysis of games. You do for Serie A, and I can only assume that's because they think that Serie A is more interesting and I don't really get that because most of it isn't. So I sort of, I do kind of think that if you're going to invest Come on. in... This this week we had, what was it, a first half, first half stoppage at Toulouse v Lille um, mm. for a hailstorm. Yeah. Uh, we had the fog and the flares last week. You got Nice's Eagle, which has been known to mug... Uh, supported in stands for the sandwiches. You want the pre-match stuff. Mm-hmm. That's you know. It's well, you can watch the Kardashians wander around the it's pitch at PSG. If you... the the ambiance. 
Sorry, on the Toulouse game against Lille, I think Timothy Weyer was stretched off with a neck injury in that game. That I think mm. Lille, Lille won 2-0 with two late goals from Alexander and Bayer in the 90 plus 11th minute. Yeah, latest goal in league history, I think it was. Yeah. Um, because obviously there was a big delay in the second half as where was was dealt, was treated. Mm. Not sure uh, what the outcome of that is. Have you heard anything from Lille about Ware's injury? I saw something reported about him obviously missing the internationals and being, being looked at. I can't, I can't remember what the update was. I did see something, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it it is a it is a bit of a weird one. I must admit, I I do I do sort of feel if you're going to invest in the coverage of men's or women's sport, if you if you're actually going to put the games on, at least give it the coverage it actually deserves. But yeah, hey, that's but for a rainy coverage day. Coverage would be the minimum. I'd yeah, say, oh yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. say going back to my original point and yeah. just really pissed off about. We are, I think we are arriving soon at a point with the Apple TV deal of MLS, for example. I think we are going to come to a point where eventually there will just be a very large subscription and you'll just be able to watch whatever game you want whenever. I think that those days are coming. It's just a question of well, I who's going to spend so. the money. I've got, I've got five subscriptions, I think. Yeah, same. Well, I've a variety of things and yeah. it, keeping track of them all is, and, and the passwords involved. Oh god, yeah! Don't don't even. It's quite confusing. Anyone works out my thumbprint for my phone? They've got access to everything. But anyway, let's move on. Um, Jez, let's uh, let's have a chat about France, shall we? Because they've got two upcoming fixtures um, in the uh, Euro qualification. Those being the Netherlands on the twenty fourth, which is two days time time of recording, and uh, when Ireland on the twenty seventh. Um, Squad was announced. We've had two uh, two absentees so far, William Saliba and uh, Fafana, who is kind of a shame because it would have been the first time those two would have been mm-hmm. reunited, having left St. Essien, but they both had to withdraw through injury. Um, Jean-Claude Tadebo probably richly deserves the call-up. Axel Tissasi also called into the squad, but it's more the decision around the captaincy, which has caught the attention in the last 24 hours. Uh, Kylian Mbappe is, is the new captain of France, and Antoine... Gresman is going to be the, the the vice. My first question to you is: He has decision pink hair. I just want to mention that now. He do, oh yeah, he's, he's had it refreshed now. It looks looks nice and bright again. I like that. Mm. Um, good good decision for you, Jazz. I mean, it, just the logical decision. And where do you stand on this? Greasy won't be happy because that seems to be what's being peddled throughout the, the journalistic world at the moment. I mean, first of all, I'd say that you know, unlike rugby to, to an extent and certainly cricket I've always thought that football captaincy is a bit bullshit um, I don't particularly like strikers I don't particularly like the star player getting the captaincy mm. and I particularly don't like strikers getting the captaincy um, because all the plays behind them it makes no sense to me Um I'm obviously biased and love Griezmann. I think he's by a country mile, the for all the reasons that we've discussed just during the World Cup and before, the sort of most technically gifted and intelligent player on the pitch, as well as having the experience, as well as being, I think, quite a good kind of go between between the older players and the younger players although I suppose nowadays he pretty much is the eldest player 
Um, I think it would have been nice, if that's the right word, to give him the captaincy as a sort of reflection and, and mark of recognition of everything that he's done and his adaptability and the fact that, look, he's got an ego. He comes across as slightly weird at times, but I think probably more than anyone else for a long time, I think he really does sacrifice himself for the team. And, you know, clearly he was well on to to break the French goal-scoring record sooner rather than later and has completely, you know, sacrificed his sort of attacking instincts for the for the team we've discussed how in 2018 he was the main sort of playmaker dictated everything um i i think if you're just looking sort of in the short term at um you know kind of qualifying for and then hopefully obviously the the next year's euros then i think he should have had it but if you're looking sort of a slightly longer term future, um, then I suppose you don't want to kind of keep chopping and changing. And Mbappe is clearly, you know, going to be there for quite a while. And if you're going to give it to the star player and or if you're going to give it to a striker, then it makes eminent sense to give it to him. Also, you know, talking of egos, I don't think they come much bigger than his. And and I think he probably would have t- actually taken it worse than Griezmann is taking it had it not been given to him. Mm-hmm. So I understand Deschamps' reasoning. I just don't necessarily agree with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I can see, I would not be surprised if Griezmann kind of, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if he retires before the Euros. That was my thought, yeah. I, I hope not. Um, but yeah, that, that, that was my sort of suggestion. I, I, I just wanted to... I saw a quote from Olivier Giroud mm, who interestingly this. said what Jez said about Griezmann, mm. which was that Mbappe is the link between the younger players and the older players. Yeah. Now, obviously, he may be being very diplomatic, but that is also, uh, I think, uh, something to bear in mind. And um, when you've got a situation where Mbappe is, as Jess says, has an ego on him, he's also extremely driven and he's very demanding of himself and those around him. So maybe that is a good fit to have mm. one of the best players in the world as your captain and he wants you to be the best you can be. Yeah. You know, so I, I think I, it, it it makes it does make sense. I don't really take issue with it being a buffer. I mean, you know, the tweet went out the other day from various sources, you know, he's 24 years of age, he's won a World Cup, he's top scored at the last World Cup. What he's done is phenomenal and, and the talent he has is is unquestioned. I, th- I think I'm kind of with Jez on this one in that I just feel like Greasy was the natural selection, you know, even if you just did the, you know, you can have it for now. You don't say this obviously out publicly, but you say, right, we're going to give it to you for your dedication, your service to the national team. You've got it through the Euros. Mbappe's still going to be, he's only going to be 26 then or just turning 26. He's got the next five, six, seven years after that. You know, by naming Griezmann, you, you, you aren't, you know, you're not giving it to another player who's 21, 22. You know, you're you're giving it to a guy who who has 
as, as you said, Jez, you know, has consistently performed at the highest level for France for a number of years. And you could have given him this period of time now. And even if the, I think Griezmann's that type of player that after the Euros, for example, he might naturally have said then, I'm going to now stand, step aside because this is my time for, you know, to, to stand down. I don't think he would have needed to have been asked twice, but to just sort of make the decision for him, that's the bit that, I don't know, that, that's just the bit. So it's not really a criticism of, of Mbappe. It's more, uh, did we really need to, you know, did the decision need to be made like this? I think we, we also need to remember that, obviously, Loris was the captain for a while. Mm. Because I think, apart from anything else, he was seen as being not someone likely to go batshit crazy at any moment. Mm. Uh, where, you know, there had been issues and maybe um, uh, Deschamps wanted to kind of calm things down a bit by having uh, a very respected captain, but not one who was what you think of as being one of the the big characters in the team. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he, it's the old, uh, what's it from Sting? You either have character or you are a character. Mm. Um, I think Louise has character, but he isn't a character, if you see what I mean. He's, mm. he's got the respect and he's kind of quietly confident and, and whatever. It's very so introverted. This might be, in a sense, going, reverting back to what it was before mm. that had to happen, um, which is kind of, um, an interesting thing. Mm. I was just uh, very briefly looking at the makeup of the squad, and this was before uh, Sullivan had to drop out and you guys came in. Um, and where they play, Bundesliga is the biggest league yeah. represented. But what was also very interesting, looking at where all of the players went through the youth systems. PSG have five, and that's the biggest. Everybody else, there's a couple of teams on two. So PSG had five come through their youth system who are in the current team, none of whom currently play there. Mm. Ironically. And this is something, again, we've discussed time and time and time again, but what also startled me a lot was um, that Lyon not represented. Mm, yeah, yeah, that caught my eye actually. Yeah, although I as guess well you could as argue being a big club, they're known for being a big youth development. Could, and... could you could you argue with with Lyon though that you've got like obviously our who's switched allegiances now? You've got the likes of um, Lukeba and. Uh, uh, the fullback has gone to Chelsea, whose name escapes me, Maya. Um, yeah, but they're, the, they're not in this team. That's that's, that's what I mean. I, I would argue are they are they the the ones Shirky as well as another one that they're just one step below. They're they're under twenty one, so they will be the next yeah. cabs off the rank. So maybe it's yeah. it's not a question of that they're not good enough, but they're just not in that squad yet. But maybe. you would have kind of expected there to be one of them. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was surprised. Oh, that it's, that um, yeah. It's an interesting kind of situation where you break down the numbers. But yeah. I do think, obviously, looking at these games coming up, 
um, the other two teams in the group for European qualification are Greece and Gibraltar. So yeah. the Netherlands games are going to be the key games. Yeah, I mean, yeah. everywhere else it's like, do not fuck up. Yeah. The Netherlands games are going to be the really important ones. So Friday is going to be very, very important. And that being the first game, so they don't have any kind of um, bun-up, as mm-hmm. it were. You wonder how it's going to go. I just hope it, it works out okay. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the... Uh, there was the video of obviously the inauguration. What's it called? Not the uh, yeah, the the tour around videos. Yeah, they they yeah. joining the. Club, I think Greece Samba seemed to be reading beat poetry <laughs> off a piece of paper, but yeah, Kevin Turam doing doing a bit. Shall we say there were a lot of very confused white men in the background of that video. I think um, yeah, it was it was quite amusing to watch that. I must admit. Um, where where do you sit on on the squad and, and these two games and Jersey? I mean, and most like Phil said, it, it is kind of all on the Netherlands game, isn't it? In terms of the the, the major, without wishing to disparage Ireland um, or any others, but you would fancy France to come through this if they get decent results against the Netherlands, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't looked at whether it's first two qualify or how many second or third or fourth chances the big teams get. But obviously, <laughs> it'll be a disappointment if France don't get through. But it should not be kind of taken for granted at all. Obviously, Ireland will forever have a an axe to grind <laughs> with France. Yeah, um, not wrongly. Um, Greece have been tricky customers for France before. So Gibraltar. No, no, mm. sorry, that was Andorra actually. Andoria, um, they all they all blend into one. The the lassination yeah, sometimes. Yeah, although the the point stands that they don't always find it that easy necessarily against against Hence, minnows. Do not fuck up. Um, but <laughs> I think being my key takeaway. But it's more than that. I just think you know. First of all, it's really not long since the World Cup, which is ridiculous. But it's there. It, there is a you know. I think a lot of people question why Giroud is in the squads, and I think it might be because it is a very young, very inexperienced squad, and it's not such yeah. a bad thing to have a couple more old hands there. You know, Mondonda spoke about earlier. Frankly, was there for a long time because of that experience. You you've now got three pretty much you know certainly in terms of the number of caps, very experienced goalkeepers. You've got of the four fullbacks, only one is a specialist fullback, and arguably even then far far better going forward than than back the other three fullbacks are two center backs and one midfielder so you know it shows really not much strength there center forward if you're not playing Mbappe center forward then really it's between Giroud and Colomuani who is in fantastic form but again is a real novice you know he's only played for France he's only come on as sub I think it's the the last you know, the semi-final and the final. I'm not sure he's, I think that's his only two caps for France. Two Adams there, but not that much more experienced and not very much on form at the moment. So there's still a lot of question marks there. Um, What mood will Griezmann be in? Where will he be playing? Who's going to play right back? You know, Pavar's come in from the cold, but Kunde probably will start. And I still don't think he's a very good right back. Um, Fafana in midfield has lost form. Chiromeni's not in great form. Um, Rabio will 
probably be a lot more concerned with um making sure he's you know fit and healthy for for Juve and all they've still got going this season um so yeah it's it's real potential banana skins there um so they're two big matches you know yeah they really need to get off to a very good start against Netherlands to kind of put out some kind of statement and then you know, Ireland, I guess it's just a question of whether Evan, Evan Ferguson scores more than France. <laughs> I wondered if that was going to come in. Yeah, 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 I do tend to agree that the one that maybe slightly excites me is the potential of Camavinga maybe getting some game time. And he, he has been very good for, for Real in, in Schumann. De- Deschamps was specifically asked, is he the, what is he there for? And he said, for this, obviously not necessarily for the future but mm. for this call up i have called him up as a fullback and obviously it's not set in stone or anything but the fact that, that he said that i think says a lot and he yeah. has been playing there a lot for real recently interesting yeah 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 and you know it has done a, a serviceable job I, I think we all agree his best position is probably not there but yeah i mean you know you're playing for your country you, you play where you're told really don't you and it, it should be an honor regardless but yeah, it'll be interesting to see if if he does get some game time. Um, Colin Wiley's comments were interesting as well. I think he was talking about that moment in the final, wasn't he? And how things could have been so different and whatnot. So, yeah, it will be be interesting to see what side they put out. Um, just a very quick side note, because I have to mention kits at least once every fortnight. Have you seen the new women's kits? They're a bit naff. Have you seen this, Phil? Yeah, I did wonder if that was... Um real or not yeah they are very real uh, very boring compared to what we got kind of, you know the last last selection of, that were beautiful designs these look really dull they look a bit kind of damask upholstery mm. what i mean like that, that's that's generous i would just say i, no. I, I <laughs> might have a, a, a chair covered in that mm. Uh, yeah, it's not not a good look. But at the moment, least of their worries. I yeah, well, that, um, that would be fair. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think they're too Albert concerned Renard about the kids. Is being um, kind of uh, tipped as the 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 new coach, and I'm not sure that's a brilliant idea. So mm. yeah, they're Bigger just fish to fry. we we have more things to worry about on a Le Bleu front. Yes. Going indeed. to look like curtains. Well if, if anyone hasn't seen them and you want if you visit a site called Footy Headlines, you will see them. They are very plain, very boring. The only good thing is the blue it seems to be returning to a, a lighter blue, which I tend to prefer. But anyway. That's for a rainy day. Um, just before we go, obviously, we will preview the League on Fixtures uh, on next week's show because obviously there's none this week. So we'll come back to those uh, in Ligue 1 when we return next week. And of course, we'll go through those two France games as well. Just before we go, I did just want to give a little little nod to Ligue 2, as we tend to do every couple of weeks or so. Um, Jess, did you enjoy the uh, the goal that was scored against you by uh, Mamadou Camera for Rode last week? As long as they're consolation goals, I don't mind. <laughs> did he did he mean it is the question? Because uh, I'm still... The run is fantastic. For anyone who hasn't seen it, he basically picks up the ball in the end of his own penalty area, runs the length of the field, and then uh, somehow squeezes it in the gap over the Mets keeper at the front post. It, it looks like a cross to me. I, I don't know whether only he will know, but um, 
Yeah, I'm more upset at Bordeaux and Sochaux's quite late goals. I think yes. Mess looked like they could have been second at one point. They could indeed, but as you... You look at the top five in Ligue 2 are all unbeaten in they're, five. They're matching each they're, other stride for stride, they? are aren't they? really, really going yeah, for it's... it. So Love's um, seven-point gap over Bordeaux is something that nobody's managing quite to chip away at. Hmm. Although yeah. well, they they have drawn three of their last five, in fairness, so I mean, if there mm-hmm. was ever a chance, like with with the with Bordeaux and and Sochaux winning, as Jess said, Mets did win that game against Rodeo, uh, Bastia and Khan also winning at the weekend. So, um, yeah, that they all did gain points. Love do seem to be the odds-on favourites with that seven-point advantage and a uh, goal difference. Slight, I think. I think they've got a couple of goals on Bordeaux, I believe. Twenty-five. Against plus 16. Oh, okay. So a fairly chunky goal difference then. But Mm. yeah, with with only two spots this season, obviously, um, one thing's for sure, I'm pretty sure the the French FA are quite delighted at how this fight for the relegation spots in Liga and the fight to come up in Ligue 2 is going because it is definitely generating some interest um, for the lower leagues and and those dropping down. But yeah, it does does look as though Laos will probably be uh, going up unless they have a spectacular fall. But then any of Bordeaux, 50 points, Sochaux, 49, Metz, 48, Bastia, 45, Khan, maybe 43. It might be a bit much for them. But and then you've got the gap uh, down to Grenoble, Cuvelli, Gangon and Paris FC. Down at the bottom, though, remember Neiman Dijon from Ligue 1 all those years yeah. ago? Yeah, not so, not so long ago. They are both in the bottom four um, that could be heading to the lower reaches of the third tier. Uh, Neil uh, also down there. But again, those three are all on 26 points. And then you've got Laval, Rodé with their three straight wins, pulling themselves clear with both 31 points. And then Pau, uh, 33, along with Valenciennes, another old league, old boy, and Anansi, who we, of course, remember from the Marseille win, and St Etienne have somehow turned their form around. They're unbeaten in five, and they're up to 12th in mid-table. But any... Yeah, but that... that I'm... If it wasn't Saint Etienne and you said, Oh, I'm beaten in five, they're up to twelve. Oh yeah, you'd be like, Yeah. But this is Saint Etienne. Oh yeah, they they, they should be yeah, up there with, this with is, the top four, hundred percent. Yeah. This is horrible. Yeah. For them and their fans. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But we will uh, we will keep you across um what's gonna happen there and in terms of who does go up and you know, we are very much reaching the the stage of the uh, of the season now where people start to look at who's coming up and who's going down. So, um, yes, we shall keep you across those moving forwards. Right. I've just looked at the two kits. The first kit is a little bit too light for my liking, but I otherwise did, I yeah. think they're both great. <laughs> Do you? Yeah. I, I just, they just strike me as a bit dull. It's more like... cornflower than deep, isn't it? it? It's, the, the, the ridges on the kit, that is not, that's not my main beef. My 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 main beef is that Nike seem to be going down this template route. The England and France kits almost look identical. They've been doing that for years, though. Yeah, but I just like, especially the women. I mean, the women's home kit for the World Cup was an absolute thing of beauty, or for the Euros, was a thing of beauty. I mean, that was. Mm. We're not Mexico. Own... Well, no. <laughs> Do you know, I was actually <laughs> looking at the Mexico women's away kit as you said that, which has the uh, the whale shark print on it so um <laughs> case in point you have proved my point very well there but uh yeah i don't know um and i'm not sure about the the the, the cockerel within the do you know what it reminds me of it looks like the rugby kits 
the the, the national rugby kits. That's why I love their rugby kits. <laughs> do you? Oh, okay. I do. I I'm just so I can't. Especially when they're being worn in beating England fifty three ten. There you go. <laughs> I can't stand rugby, so maybe that's where my where my lie, my allegiance lies. But um, anyway, uh, kits aside, um, Denmark's is quite fun if you want to look that one up. Anyway, uh, we'll we'll touch on kits. I'm sure another time, but uh, that will do us for this week. Um, thank you for tuning in as always. Um, I'm trying my best to uh, to update the um, the social media a bit more, so posting the podcast on the uh, on the Twitter feed and that sort of thing. So um, if you do have any questions, I know we say it every week, um, but if you do have any questions for myself, Jez, Phil, anytime, just drop us a tweet individually or via the uh, the uh, the Twitter page, and we will do our best to answer those. Uh, if not. We just appreciate you listening. So thank you. Uh, but for this week, that will do us as the sun comes down once again. We're nearly in spring, boys and girls. We're nearly there. And that, of course, means international. So good luck to Label Thank you very much, Jez. Thank you very much, Phil, for your time. Thank, thank you. We will indeed be back at some point next week where we will go through those two games uh, for Deschamps men and hopefully six points will be on the board. But until then, uh, enjoy your international football and we will speak to you very soon.